Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, the other in-season tournament game, uh, Rick Carlisle says he expects uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Obi Toppin to play tonight oh, that's great. against the Celtics. That was uh, a very much a game-time decision. As Tyrese apparently has been battling an upper respiratory issue. Uh, he missed the last game over the weekend in which somehow the Pacers still scored 140 points and, and won by like 20. That's what they do. Uh, but good to see Tyrese will be back to take on Jesse's Boston Celtics. Mm. Oh. That's in uh, Indiana, correct? It is. Yeah. And, and I guess that's because Indiana's 4-0. Is that why that, that happened? That because that it this Sounds is based right. on Point the end-season tournament. Oh, is that is that what determined – yeah, I think home, that, home let's court? see, they were 1, 2, 3, 4 0 in the end season tournament. Because mm. uh, the Celtics would... were definitely not 4 0. Oh, okay. Because they got in. They yeah, lost to the Magic. They went 3 and 1 in the group. Yeah, they, yeah. they got in on point differential, right? On the last day, they won. Yeah. By the, mm-hmm. Had to win by 23, and Brooklyn had to win by like less than 11 or something. The Billy Donovan game. <laughs> uh, yeah, 29 point, point differential for, for uh, Indiana. Oh, okay. What was Boston's? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, fine. all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, I can, I, that's I James Ham. No, Quick you don't math. have to. It's not that important. Not a, <laughs> I just math. think it's interesting um, that they're hosting. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Lizzie's here. What? Wait, ladies and gentlemen. What? We, we were concerned. Lizzie. Oh, it, yeah. I Lizzie, need to talk to him. Lizzie, it's 251. Dog, I need to you, talk to him. You good? <laughs> D-Lo and KC. In the words of DMX, I'm falling. I'm slipping. I can't get up. Well, uh, it, it's been a rough day, D-Lo. Uh, I called out of work sick today. Believe it. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, I had lunch. It wasn't tasting the same. Yep. Nothing's going good for me. I left my phone at home. It's a day where you just don't want to be with your phone. You don't want to check the news or nothing. Uh. But uh, I just got back to it, and eBiz was blowing me up, making fun of me. And so, well, well you think eBiz? Music, you know, you think eBiz was the only one making fun of you? <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot of people. I know Aldrin J. Everybody in the chat, maybe even Ham, got at me. So it's okay. It's so okay. far today, I just want to give you some context to what's been going on today. So far today, 1,139 people have watched this show. So far, or this station. So far, I think 1,138 of them have made fun of you in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, not the first time. Uh, I just hope they hit the like button. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Lizzie, before you go, I got a question for you. Do you think yesterday we saw the two best teams in football play against each other? Oh, 100%. No doubt. I wouldn't doubt that at all. It's okay. Hey, no, we did not see the two best teams. We saw the best team. That's all we saw. We saw the best team. We saw some other team they play. I don't know who the hell it was. We didn't see, oh, the two best teams. We didn't see that. Why we saw the best team now, and somebody else. Why did you set Lizzie up to yell at him like that? You just set him up. Lizzie, don't don't worry about that. It's all right, Lizzie. <laughs> hey, Lizzie, you knew you you was you you was you was just gonna have to you was just gonna have to deal with it today, dog. Go cry yourself to sleep on your huge green pillow. Cry, Eagles cry. <laughs> so does he get a pass for coming in at the last minute? No, 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 no. No, Lizzie's well, gonna hear about that. It's 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 two fifty three. Well, he got he did get in. He did it's get in. Two fifty three. Yeah, good for Lizzie. Still had her from TC. Well, that's that's true, Lizzie. We appreciate you, brother. <laughs> yeah, we still ain't heard from TC. TC still ain't called. This is the most pissed off 49ers T- fan in the world T- today. TC gonna call in talking about man, he needed to put up a fifty burger for me to care. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens when Kyle Shannon gets out the way. Brock Cooks. <laughs> when Kyle gets out of the way. There's speculation that Lizzy is giving the show a thumbs down Kyle, today. Kyle was literally <laughs> pointing to throw the ball to Ayuk. He said throw it to him. He's open. That's the open guy. He almost but distracted no. him, Kenny. <laughs> when oh, Kyle gets man. out of the way. Oh, vicious. 
All right, oh, let's man. get going here. Our uh, insider from the Insiders, James Ham, is here with us. The Sacramento Kings uh, hosting the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. James, we were just talking with Will Z a couple of minutes ago. There's not pretty much nothing to pull from, at least nothing positive to pull from the two games that these these teams played earlier this year. No, you got stomped by this team twice. Mm. Like well, it, you get stopped the second time. I don't know. They lost like, the game. They yeah. were leading in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, but still, you didn't look good. Neither one of those no. games did they look good, and you didn't res- you responded better, but it wasn't still the response you needed. And so, I think the the one good thing is we're gonna see what uh, Keegan Murray has uh, for Brandon Ingram because that's something we did miss in the second game. Mm-hmm. We went out halftime in the first game, right, and yep. then mm-hmm. sat the second game, um, and that's when Brandon Ingram really started cooking in the in the first and the second game was without Keegan on the court. I, th- I think Keegan can make a huge difference in this series, but I also think that having C.J. McCollum there makes a big difference, and, and I don't always know if it's the right difference because mm-hmm. the other two are so good that sometimes I think having an additional score might not be what you need. What you, Those guys need as many touches as possible, and C.J. McCollum's a, a really good player. I'm not saying he's not, but um, you know, if he's taking 15, 16 shots... I might want some of those shots going to uh, Ingram and and Zion because I don't think the Kings have an answer for either one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing about C.J. coming back, and C.J. is a fantastic player, rather have him out there than not if I'm a Pelicans fan or, or a coach, is I think you lose something on the defensive end, though, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to guard Herter or um, De'Aaron Fox. You know, you, you're going to lose a little something. They had Dyson. Which is a thousand percent the shot that De'Aaron Fox took at him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, look, we kind of joked about it, or you, you noticed it as well, but De'Aaron, he, he looking at like, I'm about to eat. Mm. They try to put him on me, it's going to be barbecue chicken. So that's something, and when they played him the first time, they had Dyson Daniels and let me see. Alvarado. Alvarado, 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 was, was he there both games or the second game? Oh, it might have just been, and he's hurt again, right? He was, there, he was he's hurt again, one. I didn't know that. Oh, maybe, maybe he's uh, Alvarado back. Alvarado was there the first one. Okay. Maybe he's okay. back. It's possible. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're losing something there on the, on the defensive end, um, going up against a, a top-flight score like De'Aaron Fox. That's your boy. Who? Alvarado. Oh, that is my boy for sure. Yeah, you love that. That is my boy. I like Alvarado. Kings need to get Alvarado at some point. I would say this, like looking at, uh, again, Brandon Ingram averages 18.5 field goal attempts per game. Zion is at 16.2. CJ McCollum is at 16.8 in his eight games this season. And there is no way that if I'm coaching that team that CJ McCollum averages more shot attempts than Zion. Mm. That's just, I, I don't know how that works. Now, I, he does space the floor better. Um, and, and that's than the other guys that they have. Uh, you have to respect CJ McCollum, even if he's not shooting the lights out from three. He's still a great three-point shooter. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I This team is not is interesting to me because they're always evolving because they always have injuries, and they're oh, you're always looking at a different team when you face them. Rebounding was a huge issue for the Sacramento Kings against the Pelicans. How do you improve that? Because no one got taller and probably didn't get stronger. So what what is rebounding against a team like the Pelicans? Well, I would say two things. Number one, the Kings didn't shoot the ball well at all against the Pelicans the first time. So one way to reduce the amount of defensive rebounds for the other team is to hit your shots, mm-hmm. right? So try to get easier buckets, try to hit your shots. Uh, so if you can do that, that's one way. Um, but this team needs team rebounding. And I think if we go back through this season and we look at some of the most impressive wins, the really close wins that the Kings have had, it usually comes down to someone unexpected going in and grabbing a couple of rebounds. And I can at at least remember like two games right off the top of my head where Kevin Herter made a huge impact as a rebounder. Mm -hmm. I think Trey Lyles, even in his lone couple of games, the couple of games that he's played, has had a couple of huge rebounding nights where it stood out like in his minutes. But like the the two rebounds in the fourth quarter that Kevin Herter had the other night were tremendous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know he went up amongst the trees. He was flying in there with Jokic and with Aaron Gordon and like like you, that's what you need. You need team rebounding on this uh, with this group, and they can't just leave it all up to Sabonis. If you do that, you're going to get beat. 
Uh, yeah, offensive rebounds is a big problem with this team. You, you need defensive rebounding on this. There's only so much that uh, that Domas can do when he has a guy like Valanciunas that he has to keep off the glass. It's not like you're playing a team with a couple of skinny guys and Sabonis might be able to like take two guys out on a play. Mm-hmm. This is you know they've got they've got a bunch of big boys on this team. Yeah, and in, in that first game, um, the offensive rebounds was ten to nine, so. He didn't get beat up on the offensive boards, um, but I mean the, the defensive boards. This goes to what you spoke about, spoke to James, forty-five twenty-seven Pelicans. I mean that means you're just throwing up brick after brick after brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys remember who the leading scorer was that game for the Kings off the top of your head? Or if was you it? In front of you? I I I don't want to cheat. I think I saw it earlier, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm. Was it fourteen? Sixteen. Oh, sixteen. Because De'Aaron had. 14 in that yeah, one? Yeah, that's his worst game of the season. Harrison had 16 points. Hey, HB! <laughs> HB! Uh, they couldn't throw it in the, the bayou. <laughs> they couldn't throw it in the Mississippi River uh, down there in New Orleans that night. Yeah, the rebounding thing is a big deal. Like, you can't get dominated on the glass. I mean, last time it was like 19 rebounds. You're going to lose that game almost every single time. Mm-hmm. So, because if there's a disparity that big, that means that there are a lot of missed shots. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's just, you know, again, the Kings didn't shoot. They shot 37.9% in the first game, and they shot 11 of 45 from three, 24.4% from three. Mm. So, again, there's going to be a lot, a lot of rebounds in a game like that. I, I think they cleaned it up a little bit in the second game. Um, yeah, they shot uh, 44.7% from the field, 34.1%. Now, they can do better than that, too. Like you, you need to continue to improve, but that's, you know, in that game they get out rebounded forty eight to thirty eight, so a little bit better. Anyone know how many Harrison had on Saturday? I don't think we've mentioned his name once today. Uh, hold on, let me. Let I know me it was good. It was good. Twelve. It was eleven. Eleven. Okay. It was. It was. It was. It was really solid. I don't yeah. remember any of them on Saturday. I don't either. <laughs> I can't remember a single basket Harrison Barnes made on Saturday. I think that. Might I think have... I remember all of Malik's twenty-one. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. can't remember a single basket Harrison, Harrison Barnes made. Poor Harrison. You Not... know, though, I thought he was solid. He like, was. He was efficient. I think he was five of eight or five of nine from the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with Herter. You didn't really notice Herter until he had the two big rebounds and then the dagger. Mm, like he yeah. had the the three point uh, make from the right elbow, like. Like really, really nice offensive kick out uh, from uh, from De'Aaron. De'Aaron was so good in that game. The Kings were really good in that game. Yeah. Let's spe- let's spend a few minutes on that. That would have that would have uh, to your point. That would have been a shame if they lost that game because I thought they played really good. Yeah, you're listening to D'Lo and Casey on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM Carex QHT2 Sacramento ESPN 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app that you can download on whatever smartphone and operating system you use. You can also watch the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter on ESPN 1320 TV. Uh, hit the thumbs up and hit the subscribe buttons, if you will. We'll obviously talk more about the Pelicans and the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament tonight at the Golden 1 Center. Let's go back a couple of days, James, to Saturday's win against the uh, Denver Nuggets. You talked about the way De'Aaron Fox played. Uh, you sent us the note uh, earlier about De'Aaron Fox being the Western Conference uh, player of the week, he's having another extraordinary season. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think many people thought he could take another leap. I thought, I think I, I said it before the season started. I think he can be a better player, but that doesn't mean he'll be better statistically. Mm-hmm. Like he can be a better defensive player, he can be an o- better overall player. But now all of a sudden we're seeing a guy who's fourth in the league in scoring. He's averaging thirty point four points per game. Jeez. He's just. Absolutely spectacular each and every night. I saw, I was watching the replay this morning uh, here in the studio, and they flashed up. He's leading the league in fourth quarter scoring at 9.8 points per game mm-hmm. coming into that game on uh, on Saturday. And just, he's just been so incredibly good. And uh, it's, you know, again, Mike Brown can count on him every step of the way. And if he wants to start handing out, double-digit assists per game, that makes the Kings almost, like, unstoppable. The other yeah, I don't thing, even think we referenced this career-high 16 assists. 16 assists, assists career-high, yeah. And then the other thing that's crazy is he had one turnover in that game, 
and he brought this up in, in post game. So on the season, Fox is only averaging two turnovers per game. And during this season, he he has four games where he's got one or one turnovers. And then he's got another five where he only has two. And then he's got another three where he only has three. And then he's got one where he has four turnovers. Like he's made a concerted effort to to stop turning the ball over, to control the ball. I remember his turnover from that game. It was where he tried to force a bounce pass through like eight guys mm-hmm. uh, to, I think it was Harrison Barnes down low. And in a crucial moment, and it stuck in his head. You could tell he was he was pissed at himself for for turning the ball over. And so, when you have a guy who's again he's in the top four in the league in scoring, and Joel Embiid is averaging like three point six turnovers per game, uh, Kevin Durant is averaging like three point eight, Luka Doncic is averaging like three point eight turnovers per game, and you're one of the leading scorers in the league, and you're at two turnovers per game. That's crazy. You know, is six six point six to two assist to turnover ratio is just sparkling. So yeah, he's growing. Like in front of our eyes, we're we're getting to see a player become a star, and, and maybe even a superstar. And he's a superstar. Yeah, I Aaron think Fox is a superstar. I think we are getting to that point where you just need to say he is a superstar. And I didn't know that we'd ever get to this point. Even last year, at like twenty five points a game, he's not really a superstar. Now he looks like a superstar, and he's bringing it every single night. And, uh, you know, again, I just you can't say enough about even his defense. Everything is better about what he's doing. So he's found a way to take one more leap, and I didn't think that that leap was possible. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think it's bogging the Kings down. I don't think that they're, like, beholden to him getting 30 points or, like, they're going to lose. And I also don't think that he's forcing it to get to that, those points either. It's yeah. making them better. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. I mean, he's, he's – um... The game looks so, I don't know if I want to say easy, but maybe that's what I feel. It looks, looks easy. Like he's in complete control of everything he wants to do and his team needs in those games out there. If he needs to turn it up and start scoring, he can get almost whatever shot he wants. If they're distributing the ball or if he's distributing the ball and they're hitting shots, he understands how to um, finesse the defense to maybe bring attention to himself to get open looks for others. It's, it's just he's locked in. Who was that? Oh, that was um, uh, Brown for the Nuggets on Saturday. Tried to bring the ball up on him at half court. De'Aaron swiped, uh, swiped one time. I said, oh, he's going to get him. Sure enough, Brown tried to make a move to get around him, swiped it, swiper goes in, layup at the end of the, of the quarter. But, like, that's how the game is right now. He looks at a guy like that. He's like, oh, I'm going to just take the ball from him. Let me just let me try and get it there. Oh, nope. Let me swipe it and take it. That's how, I don't want to call it easy because it's not easy, but that's how locked in I guess maybe he is right now. Yeah, I think it's funny too. He said he would have windmill dunked that, but his ankle still isn't 100%. Hmm. I I like to play, uh, there was another moment where he got a steal uh, when when Denver was trying to bring the ball up quick in the fourth quarter. He got a steal, brought it up, and stepped into a three-pointer in transition. That was a special moment right And just there. crushed it. Yeah. And I asked him about that after the game. Like, like the confidence level in him to shoot that shot is is through the roof, which is not something that we've ever seen in the past where, you know, it's not that he's hesitant, but it takes a different level of confidence to go out there and shoot, like, eight threes in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's out there averaging 8.3. He's up 3.3 three-point attempts per game, wow, which is wild, absolutely wild. He's also, he's getting respect from the officials slowly. Well, not nah. Saturday. Not nah. Saturday. Well, and that that was a joke. This so garbage stuff. time free throws at the end of the game. Yeah. To make it remotely Not garbage close. time, but no, he took, uh, on they Saturday, were they, they were them. fouling. Those were his first free throw attempts. Yeah. yeah. He's averaging 7.8 on the season, which again is one of those things. He's up almost two per game mm-hmm. over last season. And that's how he's going to sneak up into the 30-point-per-game and stay there. So if he can get a couple of more three-pointers per game, which is what he's doing, and then a uh, and then the additional um, uh, assist, I mean, uh, free throws per game. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, we're watching a player develop and become, like, so much better at every aspect of the game. And you put him out there with this guy, Malik, and... Like, there is no way to stop those two when they're both rolling. Like, they are so creative, not only 
together but separately. And so each of them has an ability to collapse the uh, the, the defense and and look for you know to set each other up. And I like he's they make each other better, which is crazy. Well, let's 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 stay with Malik because the number right now is five five twenty point games. The other number is zero, the number of games that they've lost when Malik has scored 20 or more. And, you know, KC called this one of the most dynamic duos in the league. And it's hard to argue with that. And I don't think there's any argument that it's the most unique duo in the league because you have Domas and, and, and De'Aaron, a part of the, the the starting lineup crew right there. But then you put Malik and De'Aaron together and you have nights like those two had last night where – that's tough to stop, if, well, if if at all possible. Yeah, I, I really don't think it is. I don't think it's possible to stop those guys when they're rolling. I mean, you have certain nights where they're not shooting well. I point out, too, uh, so first of all, you know, a lot of people, why don't you start Malik? And the reason why you don't start Malik is because De'Aaron Fox is averaging 22 field goal attempts per game, a little over 22. And that means that someone like Malik is not going to get the opportunities in the starting lineup. Uh, that that he will as as he as he does coming off the bench. So I think he's in a perfect position for himself. I hope that he continues to look at it that way. That this isn't something where he's like I got to go out there and and find a starting job somewhere because you could look the rest of your career and not find another another team another situation like you have right now in Sacramento. And I'd hate to see him miss out on something special as the team grows and builds. But also, he he would be very very difficult to replace. Um, you know, he's just one of those players, super special. And when he has his feet set on the three ball, I think it goes in every single time. Like when he's doing, you know, come uh, like trying to shoot off the dribble and stuff like that. Okay, he he's good. But when he's a catch and shoot three guy, uh, on overall in the season, he's shooting forty one point three percent from three. But every time he shoots the ball as a catch and shoot. Uh, player, I think it's going in, and really the the way he gets those is when he's playing with Fox, when yeah. Fox draws and kicks. And he, I think that was the, I remember reading some stats on him when they signed him. That was what he did in L.A. too. You know, catch mm-hmm. and shoot. He was, I want to say, like forty nine percent from from three or something on catch and shoot. He just didn't really always have the opportunity to do it. But he was, he was, he's been that type of guy in his recent resurgence on catch-and-shoot threes. I saw a lot of talk about it over the weekend. You've explained it a number of different times about sign Malik Monk right now. You know what I mean? I know you broke down the money that he can get, but I just want to clarify for those who are listening. He can't get that money until he's a free agent, right? Like, they can't give him the same deal tomorrow that they can give him on July 2nd or something like that. Yeah, he's not eligible for an extension right now. He's not until so because he only signed a two year deal. If he would have signed a three year deal, even it had a player option for the third year, mm-hmm. if he would have signed a three year deal, then they could have renegotiated. So you can re- renegotiate a contract like following uh, before the third year of a, of a contract. He also would have had if he would have signed a three year deal and played one more year under the contract that he is, which is smart that he didn't for for himself as long as he you know, wherever he ends up, you know, it's it's better for him that he's a free agent sooner mm-hmm. because he's making, what, like maybe $10.5 million this year uh, or maybe it's a little under under 10. Um, but he's going to be able to get like a full like $17.5 million this coming year mm-hmm. and uh, from the Kings. All he can, they can offer him a, an early bird contract, which is basically a four-year, like starts at 17 and a half, goes up 8% a year, I think it works out to either just under 80 or just over 80. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but there might be a team out there that thinks that he's a solution for them and throws a whole bunch of money. There also might be a situation out there that he likes better. Uh, but, you know, he is a, an unrestricted free agent. He is a guy who, again, they'll have bird uh, early bird rights to him like they did with uh, Rashawn Holmes. But the difference is that Rashawn Holmes' salary was so low that he could only make like a le- the what equates to a league average salary, which for his year was like ten point five million dollars, a starting salary at that, and then eight percent raises on top of that. 
because Malik, it's one of two things. Either you get the league average salary or you can get, uh, I think it's up to 70% uh, more, 170% of your previous year salary. So that's where it puts him at like $17.5 million as a starting salary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think, I think he'll be, they, they pay him good money. I think he stays. He I made, think they will pay him good money. He said something the other night in the in the post game about they call his name like he's a like when he comes into the game he gets a reaction like he's a starter, mm-hmm. and I don't know like what spark like because you know he said well, I got the whole city of Sacramento behind him and I just thought that was interesting like as to what like sparked that yeah. um, and I don't know if it was the constant chatter about Malik starting or you know should 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 he start or. Especially when guys are out, should he start? Should he start? Period. Uh, whether he hears that or whether he does want to start, because I think that's what it'll boil down to. Money is one thing, but does having your name called in the starting lineup matter to you? And that's essentially all we're talking about with Malik, because Malik plays damn near like a starter yeah. in terms of minutes. And and to that point, though, being a starter is it just being a starter in general, or do you want to? I don't think because I don't think there's going to be spots where he can start on a winning, winning team. team. Um, do you want to be, you know, six man and an integral figure on a winning team? And I think Malik wants to win. I think this experience uh, here in Sacramento, these two years, uh, has been absolutely wonderful for him. Almost like the Bobby Jackson situation, where he was good elsewhere, he could go other places and, and probably start at point guard, I'm talking about Bobby Jackson. Mm-hmm. But he's like, nah, I'm, I'm here. I got a great thing going here. I think it's the same thing we're going to see with Malik Monk. Yeah, I think like there are players that, that don't want to go to Sacramento, right? There there certainly have been over the course of time. There are plenty of players who, uh, you know, Chris Webber is the most famous, who didn't want to get off the plane, and his dad, he had to call his dad, and his dad told him to get his ass off the plane. Um, but then once you get here in Sacramento – there are so many players that never want to leave. Like, it's just a, a community feel, a love that you feel. I And, you know, spending a little bit of time with uh, with Malik, number one, he's he's a goofball all the time. He's super funny. Like, he walks in the locker room and he looks at you and he goes, I ain't got nothing for you. I ain't got nothing for you tonight. <laughs> it's like, if you needed to ask him a question, he'd sit there and talk to you. But he likes to come in the room and, like, be noisy. And uh, he also... Like before last game, he had uh, he had a couple of really really cool creative shirts that Sacramento Kings fans had made for him, and I think he had one for Harrison and he had one for himself. And he's just just the way about him. He's so funny. He's like these guys. They keep asking me to sign these shirts. I say I ain't signing that shirt until you send one for me. Like I ain't doing it unless I get a free shirt. <laughs> and sure enough, there he is. He's got he's signing them and he's got one for himself. But like just. I think he feels the vibe of Kings fans and it's hard to replace that. Like you go to LA and it's, there's not a lot there. Like when you walk outside that building, like people are used to seeing famous people when they go to like a breakfast spot Mm -hmm. and you're not even that famous when you're in a city like LA, you go to Sacramento, like you own the town. Like Mm -hmm. if that guy buys a drink somewhere, I would be shocked anywhere. 
dinner, I, it's always going to be comped. Like that's who you are in Sacramento. You're like your royalty, like really. And I, I, I think that that will play into his decision. I think having De'Aaron Fox here will play into that decision. The relationships that he's made with other players it will play into that, that decision as well. So I think the Kings have a, a really good fighting chance to keep him here. And they can not – I'm pocket-watching the D'Lo and KC. They can give them money. Like, it's not like they're like, hey, stay here for $7 million a year. Like, they can they can pay them a, a good amount of money. And they're like $17 million a year, something like the $80 million contract, four years, mm-hmm. and they could give them or something like that. Yeah. Like, they can get paid. They yeah, get it's paid. just whether someone else comes in with, you know, 25 and not in California where he's not paying ridiculous taxes. So, yeah. I uh, vote we, that uh, Damien pays for his taxes. Okay. You vote that Damien <laughs> pays for his taxes? Well, my Tough friend one. told me you don't have your taxes. So. Are you been, friends with Wesley Snipes? I've been hanging out with Kenny's friends. <laughs> Stop paying Did you ever have that taxes? conversation? Not It wasn't taxes. It was mortgage. Did you ever have that conversation? I never had the conversation about not paying my mortgage with anyone. <laughs> no. I think, No. I don't think that conversation would go over very well. (laughs) We've waited far too long, James. And it's because you waited far too long. You waited till item number six (laughs) on your sixth thing Saturday night. By the way, credit to James Ham. I don't know what you did Saturday. James Ham is now shooting his videos in 4K. Oh. Oh, yeah. Did you like that? Oh, that was fire. They were a holy nightmare to process did you adjust some settings on your phone i just went into cinematic okay cinematic cinematic mode yep not fire i did it on accident for malik and then i accidentally didn't do it for the De'Aaron fox video and then i'm like oh i'll go back to it for for nope don't go back don't go back (laughs) live live with these they look they look incredible yeah you and you you use zoom or something like it looks Either that or you're sitting right next to Malik. Like they, Plain, they look right? fantastic. Yeah, you yeah, did, yeah. Did, did a very. I had a feeling you might have stumbled across this on accident, but it looks very, very good. However, that does not explain why you waited till number six <laughs> to address the great Javel McGee. I can explain and the performance <laughs> he had on Saturday night. I can explain. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm-hmm. I wrote it in the first half. Because I was like, oh, JaVale's making the quick uh, six quick thoughts. <laughs> so I, I just threw it in at number six because I, I started. That's where I, I started. I was maybe going to move it up, maybe move it down. But he had a great first half. The second half was quiet. But the first half, man, he ran a plus 20 in, the, in like eight minutes in the first half. He was absolutely phenomenal. And I think the key is that he played to his strengths. And, and I also think that playing against uh, DeAndre Jordan, who is a similar style, it's a pick and roll big, like that helped him. Like go up against that guy. Don't go up against a guy who's wandering around at the three-point line hoisting threes because that's where JaVale tends to get in trouble. And I also think like they kept him in a pick and roll setting the whole time. He, there was no DHO with with JaVale McGee at the top of the key. Hmm. And that's where you start getting in trouble. So uh, I've said it the whole time, like I, like I don't have a problem with JaVale McGee, like as long as it's in the right set situation. And there are going to be times where you want to go small ball and Trey Lyles just makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. But then there's going to be times where you are up against a team that has a Jokic that like tonight has a Valanciunas yeah, say, yeah, or a player like, like Zion Williamson. And like if if JaVale plays tonight uh, like he did on Saturday, then you're not going to have Zion doing layup lines with his left hand for an entire game. Mm. You're not. Like if he's playing and engaged in the right way, that's the player that I want to see on the court. Rebound, block shots, catch the lob. Nothing else. <laughs> Don't try to dribble the ball up the court. What about the sweeping hook? Uh, every once in a while, if you need it at the end of a shot clock, okay, fine. Because that it goes in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see the three ball. I don't want to see the bounce pass. From what the if top he's the clearly key? about to go to the bench? You get the three up then? Because <laughs> no. he's gotten at least two of those up <laughs> no. right before going to the bench. He's, oh, oh, Domas. All right, I got it. <laughs> 
those situations, he he doesn't come back and play in the second half. If I, you know, like you want to, you want to do that. You want to do a heat check right before you get pulled from because you know you're coming out. Mm-hmm. Like again, I I think like realistically right now, I want to see how Trey Lyles deals with Zion Williamson not in his first game back after missing 13 with a calf injury. I want to see how he looks, but. This is a game, too, where I really do think you miss Alex Lynn. Because while JaVale is a much better athlete than Alex, Alex has a knack for standing in the right, the right place and being seven foot one with a you know seven foot five wingspan. Hmm. Like Alex would know where to be and would battle. He, he is more difficult to get the ball up and o- over as, as a man on defender. Mm-hmm. As a weak side shot blocker, I think. You know, JaVale McGee can be brilliant. He has been throughout his career as a weak side shot blocker, but not everybody is a man on shot blocker and a weak side shot blocker. It's something like I remember having this discussion years ago with Samuel Dallenbear. And Dallenbear says, you know, it's one thing if you can block block a shot with both hands, that makes you different. He's like another thing, like so many players just are weak side shot blockers. So if their man doesn't have the ball, but someone else's man does. They can come through and and block a shot on somebody else's man, hmm. but Javale, I mean, uh, Dallenbear would say he prides himself at being both a man on when your your man is going at you, being able to get up and block a shot, and that's just, it's a different skill set, and so that's where I think Alex Len is a better like man on defender or a better team shot blocker as opposed to. Uh, a weak side shot blocker like JaVale. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I think that this is this is still going to be a, a really tough matchup for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't figured out some magical way by not playing Zion to stop Zion. Until they show me that they can stop him, then he's, you know, I still see him doing left-handed layups all night long. Mm. And that's a problem. Put Jessica Paz right in the, right there on the sidelines. I think it'll work. Just Sarah. distract them, Sarah. Sarah, if you're listening, party people, like let's 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 make this happen. Well. It's the only known weakness that Zion Williamson has. <laughs> well, 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 or well. the fixings. Well, yeah. Well, hey, that's not okay. Don't do that. Saying. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, Stop it. Stop it. I, it. I, I can see your brain just... turning, man. Knock it off. <laughs> With that I mean, court side. Uh, <laughs> out of control. Hey, out of control. Hey, oh, what's what's my man? Uh, Coach Green, sub me out, man. <laughs> he's some of the stuff over here. Zion at the free throw line. You just see the the cook rolling the spread out right under the baseline. Yeah, I'm two more trips to fixings away from looking like Zion Williamson. Man, that place is fire. Shout out, fixings. Man, that place is incredible. Mm. If I lived closer, I, I, I just, I just be Zion walking around. <laughs> I just be Zion eating uh, oxtails and fried chicken. <laughs> All right, we'll come back, um, James. I want to talk about Keegan Murray, and specifically, I want to talk about Keegan Murray and Mike Brown and what we saw on uh, Saturday with with those two and kind of where Keegan is at uh, with his health. So we got that coming up. Uh, the Kings are in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament tonight at the Golden One Center. They'll take on the New Orleans Pelicans on national television, and we'll talk about it with Dilo and Casey along with James Ham of the Insiders Return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Read what she wrote, but I can't on the air. I was oh. gonna read it to the chat. Damn. Effing Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm really getting sick and tired of all you MFers. Dang, Cardi. Oh like was did they how can you botch a fast food order that bad? <laughs> you imagine that tweet just stemming from like they forgot her sauce or something. And the the crazy thing about Chick-fil-A is like that's what they're like traditionally some of the nicest, nicest work, people, yeah. workers in fast food. They're too robotic for me sometimes. Well, sometimes they ask you how your day's going. But it all feels like it's part of a script. Like, talk to me like a human. <laughs> well, that's all right. They're just I've, trying I've to never be been there. Ever been to Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A's bomb. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is I've been there in a bomb. long, long time. Now there's the like heck? seven lines. Like, I drive past one and wrote, it's like, like there's seven lines for Chick-fil-A. Is it, from, what I, from what someone was explaining to me, there's a regular drive through then there's like a DoorDash drive-through, mm. and then there's Everybody like a, a pre-ordered drive-through. There's like it's there's cones set up no. at Chick-fil-A. That's why I'd never go. It's like, it's like nine lanes. It's worse than a free. <laughs> Do they have like an all-inclusive one yet? Like where they include everybody? I don't think so. In, in their politics, they probably yell yeah, at you. I don't. Well, I don't, yeah. well yeah. yeah, there's that. No, 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 yeah, hey. I, don't, I don't think that'll ever happen. Hey, and then they don't get James's money. No. <laughs> And you asked... Uh, Kenny's like, there's levels to this. I got decisions to make. <laughs> My stomach compromises for nobody. I'm still eating a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. That, that chicken sandwich is bomb. Bomb. Um, we talked earlier about what the vibe might be tonight at the Golden One Center uh, for this quarterfinal trip to Vegas on the line. They're having a blue out. Everybody's getting blue shirts. Here we go. Okay. So they're trying to trying to add to the to the to the energy. Okay. They've <laughs> <laughs> never done a blue out before, have they? It's really I don't nice. think so. I don't know. Okay, so that's risky. So just, All of it's risky. <laughs> just a just a quick note. To the guy in the front row or the second row, just put the t shirt over your collared shirt. Like no one cares. Don't be the cool person who's like, I'm not gonna wear. It. No, put the put the shirt on. Uh, well, no, I'm not gonna do that. Put the put that. the shirt on. I'm not gonna do that. It depends on what my fit is. Bro. Put the put the shirt yeah, on. Man, my fit is fire enough. I'm not throwing no blue shirt over you know something that I've been waiting for. Courtside waiting Kenny. to wear this. Well, Courtside see, Kenny ain't doing see, it. I said to the guy like I wasn't even referring to Kenny. I'm, I, I'm right. never I'm never in that situation. You Too don't ever see you me. Told, you, come on, man. You told on yourself already. How many times have you passed up a whiteout or a blackout or a because never. your fit courtside was too fire? Never. I'm never that close. What they you probably about? coordinate with Kenny. Like, hey, what are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing black. Cool. We're gonna do a blackout. We're gonna put black. The one on the time table. I was that close, I wasn't wearing black. I was wearing red. So that's well, a lie. Too. Well, that, we you, talked about it today that. Kenny doesn't even sit courtside in a in a regular seat. They just stack PS5s up, and he sits on a stack of PS5s courtside. Kenny that checks out. Kenny don't sit courtside, He period. just hands them out to people who ask, too. Hey, can I get one of those? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I got, like, ten more of them. The, we, we, we believe these are from Jiffy Lube. They could be from Kenny. Well, Kenny and Jiffy Lube went, came together to. If I, if I could, I would. I ain't got to like that, though. I ain't got to like that. Oh, well, whatever you say. <laughs> It's fine, like whatever, whatever, you, whatever you say. Old place wearing blue shirts today, though. Okay. Well, you don't seem excited about that. No, I. It's it's fine. <laughs> Everybody wear blue shirts. It's like cool. Like I, I love it. It'll look crazy with the court. Yeah. It'll look fire. I've seen a picture of it. it does look pretty. It looks dope. Hmm. It looks dope. James won't be wearing one. No. I, so I do have a. James did get the memo. He does have a little light blue one. I did not get a memo about oh. it being. <laughs> you can get the blue out memo? A blue out. Oh, all right. No. <laughs> all right. Um, well, Keegan Murray did because he'll be in a uniform with blue in it tonight. That's the okay. best segue I could come up Good with. Job. Spectacular segue. Uh, or Keegan was feeling blue after a conversation 
uh, with Mike Brown uh, during Saturday's game. I feel like we haven't seen a ton of those this year from Mike, and I don't know if that's Mike or that's the kind of growth of the Sacramento Kings team, but he got Keegan out of there pretty quick, pulled him to the side, had a rather lengthy conversation with him in which Keegan was completely deadpan. Not that that's unusual for Keegan, but he was uh, sat down. He hadn't really got going at all. If I think he'd only maybe taken a couple of shots there uh, prior to that and then came back in and, and, and got more, got a lot more aggressive. Uh, what do you know about that moment with Keegan and Mike Brown? Yeah, I think you missed the other option. It's that Terrence Davis isn't on the sideline, isn't on the Kings anymore, so well, Mike doesn't have that conversation. That didn't feel necessary. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Why do you hate all of our favorites? I don't hate all of your favorites. <laughs> Between Terrence I just know that JaVale that's who he was known to have conversations yeah, with quite way. often. Well, no, he used to demonstrate. <laughs> yeah, he would get out on the court and like, <laughs> triple threat, <laughs> triple threat position. Right now. <laughs> Teaching a pro basketball player a triple threat position on national television. That's right. A wild moment with our man Terrence Davis. Yeah, so with when it comes to Keegan, though, like, look, what you don't want to do is have this thing where he's constantly, like, resetting, right? We had this problem with with Marvin Bagley where he missed so much time. He had these these starts and stops. and like, And then when he got back... He wasn't the same player. So we see De'Aaron Fox come back from injury, and the first game he's, like, trying to go for 30. That's what you want to see from your player, right? You don't want to have Mm -hmm. to start over with the basics. And I think Keegan was way too, like, I don't know, laid back. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he wasn't, he wouldn't take a shot. Like, he was too timid. And Mike uh, put him out there in the first time, and it didn't go that well. Team fell behind in the first quarter you know he came out with a bunch of the other guys he put him back out there in the second half and uh, in the second quarter and was like okay man same exact thing I can't have what's going on so he pulled him like I don't know it might have been a minute might have been 90 seconds mm. pulled him aside and then when Kagan goes to walk to the bench Mike said no 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 and he pulled him alongside him and they I, that was strange like they sat there for a good minute minute and a half talking mm. on the sidelines and good for Mike like, because what you have to do is remind him in this situation, like, like, look, if we're going to be the team that we think we're going to be, it's because you're going to take another leap in productivity and who you are and how opposing teams have to defend you, all of these things. We can't take a step back every time you miss a couple of games or you have a bad shooting game. We can't take a step back. We need this thing to be moving forward. You need to be excelling and, and getting better and better because it really does make a difference what happens to Keegan where this franchise goes. If he's your third, you got things figured out for the next decade and you just keep going. Mm-hmm. If he's not, you need to know it pretty quickly. And so I think what they're doing right now is like you you have to push buttons and you're waiting for the moment where you don't have to push those buttons. And Hopefully it it happens, but it might not. And and if that's where you're going to be for the next decade, that that kind of limits who you can be. Mm. If you're someone that has to be told that you have to shoot again and again and again, like until when? Like it's not like when you're you're sitting there playing in a game and your team is telling you to shoot. It's not like the other team doesn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Like they understand that. Like, well, let's just run at him. If we run at him, he's not going to shoot. You know, oh, maybe we don't need to defend him. He's not shooting. So, like, you need to figure it out. And I think that that's what Mike has to have coaching moments. And Keegan's still a young player. He's had coaching moments with Davion. He's had coaching moments with with Keegan now. He's had coaching moments with with Kevin Herter. Still a young player. He's only 25 years old. So, I think it's a good thing to see. Um, I also think the response from Keegan was the right response. He came out, he busted two threes, got a a mid-range jump shot. But if not, like, look, this team is not waiting for you to catch up. We're not waiting for you to figure it out. We're going to leave you behind, and that's not what anyone wants. You got to figure it out, and you you have to not just be self-motivated as in you work hard and you figure out all these things. You have to be self-motivated on the court and, and start taking ownership in who and what you are on the court 
and go excel because that's what how our team is built. It's built for you to be the third piece. Yeah. And the good thing about that as well is like trying to get that message across is you're dealing with a guy like Keegan Murray who is receptive to that or has shown that mm-hmm. he can be receptive to coaching and you know being pulled out and talked to for a minute, minute and a half and still stay locked in on the game, still stay locked in on the message, not exactly what's happening. You know what I mean? Like not the fact that you got pulled out or you're being talked to, you know, while standing up on the sideline. He's not really worried about that. He's listening to what coach is saying and can take that that advice and apply it. Yeah, and I would point out too in the I think it was a previous game. It was. It was the Clippers game. Like Kevin Herter and Domas went at it. Like they were chirping at each other like going into a, a break because one of them missed an assignment or one of them thought the other one missed an assignment. And they were having like a, they were both like explaining what they were trying to do. And, but it looked like they were ready to like fight. That's, that's good. Like these things are good, you know, and you watch them walk back out on the court after a timeout, they slap each other five and they're like ready to go. Let's go. But those are moments where, you know, again, a teaching moment. We didn't see Keegan like yelling back at Mike. We saw a coach like really getting into a player and saying, this is what I need from you now. Not yelling, not screaming, not losing his cool, but like putting his arm around a guy and saying, I, this is, this can't go on. What's happening here is not acceptable for who we are and what we're doing. So let's move forward and I need you to be better. And that's good. That's why Mike Brown is a really, really, really good coach. It is. This speaks to the relationship he has with these players. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, we've brought that up before with you know talking about Malik Monk a few minutes ago. I don't think if Malik had the respect that it appears that he has for Mike Brown, he would be okay coming off the bench or Chris Duarte starting when, when, when someone's injured or last year Terrence Davis starting when someone – virtually anyone starting hmm. when someone is injured other than Malik Monk. And I think obviously that speaks to Malik's disposition, but I do think it speaks a great deal to the relationship that Malik has with Mike Brown, which is the theme in which you were just speaking of, the relationship that Mike Brown has with all of these players. Yeah, I I like that. Okay, First of all, Mike is really, really hard on De'Aaron Fox and Amonis Sabonis. Mm -hmm. He is. That's like he, he sets the standard that your best players, number one, they have to be coachable. Number two, they've got to get better. They have to continue to improve. They can't make the same mistakes again and again. And what it does is set a standard for if he's going to be, if he's going to yell at Fox or he's going to yell at Sabonis, that he it's okay for him to yell at anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's so, and I, I've always like there are some people say oh, you got to coach everybody the same way, and that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Like if you've right. spent any amount coaching, like you have to direct people in a similar way. You have to hold people to a same standard, but you also need to understand personalities. You need to find ways to connect with different players. And I think that that's what good coaching is about. People don't have to just follow you blindly. It's okay for someone to not be okay with their role or to want more. But as long as you're communicating and you're able to pull guys aside or in front of a group, be consistent then I think you don't lose the room. And, you know, you don't want to lose anybody. But on occasion, there are going to be a couple of players that just, they don't fit, they don't they don't want to be there, they, they haven't bought in, whatever. And you have to move on from those players pretty quickly. But I also think that what we're seeing a culture built in Sacramento that's different than what we've seen in the past. And it's a culture where there's accountability, there's accountability in on the court at any given moment, there's accountability when you come off the court to have conversations that might be tough with coaches, whether it's Mike or whether it's one of the assistants. There, There's accountability to each other, and I think that that's how you find success, and that's how you build a culture of, like we've talked about in the past, the next man up men- mentality. Mm-hmm. Like this team didn't have a next man up mentality last year mm-hmm. they, because they didn't have a roster that was built to do that. Now you're starting to see how when you keep a group together and you start building – not only is there more layers added to like the offense and the defensive sets, but there's also like more and more accountability that gets passed on to the players, a culture of where everyone feels like they have a voice. Um, you know, we've even heard it like Trey Lyles is one of the biggest voices in the room. Trey Lyles hardly says 
a word and he's super soft spoken. And when you're interviewing him, he keeps getting lower and lower and lower as he's talking. And so you keep zooming in more and more and more because you can't hear him. <laughs> but if he's got a big voice in the behind the scenes and and when he says stuff, it's impactful and people listen. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for this moment where the team starts to run itself, where you don't have to say what drill is next. They instantly go out to this the floor and start doing their drill. That's when you know you've you've like with young guy with young kids when you're coaching that you the message is getting through when your players go out and start looking like they're going to run a drill professionally and they're on each other for goofing around there. That's when you start to feel okay, like this now we can move on. We can start taking the next step. And that's what we're seeing. The Kings just keep taking these next steps as a group and and that's good. Another step that um we we talk about that we wanted to see from them this year that they're taking and we saw a good example of that I feel on Saturday night is uh taking advantage and protecting the home court. They're now six and two at home and you have the defending champs coming here on a back to back. You know, so many times we tell back to back like you should be able to get them and they wouldn't be able to do it. Well, they came out ready to play. The Kings came out ready to play on Saturday at home and looked like it was something that they were cognizant of, they were aware of. Like, hey, they're coming into our house. This needs to be a tough place for anybody to come into. And and I think they really want to take that next step where people talk about, man, going to Sacramento, that's, that's a tall task. I don't know if you're going to get that one in Sacramento. Like, I think that's the next evolution of the squad, and that's something that stood out to me on Saturday after that win. And hopefully we can get that a little bit here tonight. Like, man – in-season quarters, I got to go to Sacramento. Ooh, that's asking a lot. Hopefully hopefully they're starting to feel that way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, first of all, the crowd in Sacramento has just been off the charts. They they have been for the last, you know, I want to say the good part of like 38 years or whatever. Hmm. You know, there was a time where they had 19 consecutive seasons of 100% sellouts, even though the, tr- the team made the playoffs twice in that whole stretch. So you have that, right, That that you already have a great fan base, but – you need to reward that fan base by coming out and playing with the energy and the workmanlike quality that they deserve. Mm. The fans put in the work. You need to show that you're you're giving back the same. I think last season, uh, this team was finding itself. Still, they were. I think they were as surprised as anyone else that they were that good. We we may have heard. Of, yeah, yeah. We felt like we were going to be. Yeah, sixteen years. I've been hearing that, and it like teams weren't good. So so that's one thing, but. When if this team was going to take a huge leap this year, they were going to. There are two mechanisms for them to do it. Number one, they had to get better on the defensive end, which doesn't mean they have to be a top five or top ten, but they need to go from number 24, 25 to like number 15 to 17. If they can do that, they can pick up maybe five more wins and really solidify themselves as like a 50 win team. The other way is if you can take a, a, a step forward on the home floor. If you know what do they finish like twenty three and eighteen at home last year, and then twenty five and and seventeen on the road or sixteen on the road, well that doesn't make any sense mm. that this team would win more games on the road uh, than they would at home. If you can, if this team can win thirty games at home, they're probably going to win fifty five games or real close to it, fifty three, fifty four, fifty five. Mm-hmm. They can get to thirty wins on the. That that's how you do it is by winning at home, and uh, seeing them take strides to to do that to be better on their home court is big. But like a game like tonight, mm-hmm. like you gotta use your home court, like mm-hmm. beat this team down. That's how you do it. You get on runs, you make them feel like it's hopeless, and you just keep plugging and push the tempo. That's how you do it. So hopefully they're figuring it out. If they can get to 30 wins, they could potentially get to 50-plus wins. If they can get to seven wins, they can get to Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, how big of a deal do you think this is for this team? The first ever in-season tournament, the first, Kenny Dub, the final four, uh, the first opportunity final to go to Vegas. Room. Okay. <laughs> Calm down, Chad Johnson. That doesn't even work. The final quattro. Um, <laughs> Don't want to get sued. Well, well, that's a good call. Is this a big deal? Do you think they th- let me let me rephrase that? Do you think that they think this is a big deal? I think getting through tonight's game and beating a team that already thumped you twice mm-hmm. is a big deal. 
I think getting to five games over 500 is a big deal. I think that if they get through tonight, Thursday will feel like a big deal in Las Vegas. You'll feel like you're you're playing Part of something special. Yeah, you're one of the final four. You're one of the best Careful. teams in basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah, crap. We just got three losses <laughs> here in the last thirty seconds. Son of a. <laughs> yeah, final I mean, quattro. <laughs> this is a this is a big moment where you're part of the the elite group, you know, and you're in Vegas. You're somewhere special, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how many people are going to be there. Like mm-hmm. last time I said, they're trying to give away tickets for this thing in, in Vegas. But if it does like catch fire, like I think that this has a really really like there's a pathway here for the Kings to really use this as a launching point for themselves. Mm. Uh, this is, it's, it could, I, I think if you get through tonight, it becomes a really, really big deal. The next two games. Well, I mean like LeBron or KD is going to be there. Yeah. Like Sacramento is, is exciting. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they're not moving tickets yet. Um, Boston has the opportunity to be there. Uh, Tyrese is the God already. The first ever active hall of famer. And then you got Giannis and like Orlando, right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I don't. Oh. I didn't mean tickets in Sacramento. I mean tickets in Vegas. No, no I know what you mean. Yeah, they yeah, were I like buy one get three free. Well, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be this way. It's, look, man, they ain't my squad. I'm, I don't care what they say, but Vegas got a nice little Laker fan population. So, <laughs> no, nah, come on, no, nah, what? Nah, I didn't even do nothing. Nah. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I look, you getting all look. I move a little bit, and my guy gets all worked up. I think, I think Kenny, those wow. are your people. Oh. Those are not my. Those people. are not James. Those are not Kenny's people. Will you stop? Okay, Lake Show, James. James. I think they also James, have a Come stack on, of PS fives for Kenny to sit on in LA. Is that what we're saying? Come on, but look, Phoenix ain't far from Vegas. If they care about their team, they might show up. And I, I, people in the chat was talking about they going to Vegas. So yeah, I think why not. I think they'll they'll sell uh, some tickets. Yeah, I think they will also. Too. But well, I think they'll definitely comp some tickets too. Um, Say, hey, Anthony Anderson, yeah, come sit courtside mm-hmm. at the in season tournament. Better so. see all of the. We'll see all of the aces, all of the Raiders, oh, yeah, all of the yeah, Golden yeah. Knights. Yeah. See all of the hell. John Fisher will be right there. <laughs> oh man, courtside. Oh, Do no. we see Mark Davis courtside in the f- final? Oh, he's gonna be there. Mark Davis gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah. Mark oh, Davis you know, will be there. Your boy. Who? Dana. Yeah, yeah. and Dana White missed the Las Vegas. Hey, my boy Floyd probably be there. Hey, something to to watch out for too in this game. Um, the Kings have been working on isolating opponents, getting switches, which mm. is something they did not do last year. They've been working on it over the last week and a half, two weeks. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that a lot tonight, I believe, where they try to get scre- set screens, free guys up, and then isolate them on players that they believe aren't great defenders Mm. and so i would expect to see a lot more of that that's one of the new the next levels of of this offense Mm. is that you uh you figure out a way to get one-on-one with cj mccollum at at the top of the key with De'Aaron fox or you find a way to to get a bad defender in a bad spot and go at them so yeah watch for that i'm anxious to see how De'Aaron attacks us again this game tonight and get 40 that's what that's go how about work. Get forty. You go win. You don't worry about how many you score. You, if you have to set up sixteen assists, do it. If you need thirty five to, that's why I said I'm curious it. how he attacks this game tonight. Yeah. And that and that and that and that could fall into how everyone else is shooting. Mm-hmm. Like you say all the time, Casey, six assist is it's two way street. Well, need to be aggressive. That's what. Yeah, aggressive. that's yeah. And, and Domas too. Yes. Um, Domas has. 25 if he finishes half of those shots at the basket that he missed mm-hmm. uh, on Denver. Just mm-hmm. be aggressive like you were in the first and fourth quarter of, of, of Saturday's yeah. game. Certified Drake Bars game tonight for, for a trip to Jesse, Vegas. Jesse, what's the record for certified Drake Bars games? Going to see if the Kings can go 9-0 in yeah, Drake Bars games go. tonight. There we go. You heard the man. So glad you picked up on what I was doing. <laughs> I love my producer. Um, all right. You know what we're doing. We're headed over to 1025. Uh, we've got your opportunity to win tickets to the sold-out show with T-Pain and Flo Rider uh, coming up on Friday. Remember, we are going to be live at Sky River Casino uh, coming up on Thursday. But what will Thursday be? 
Mm. We'll find out tonight, and we'll be here to recap it tomorrow, beginning at 10 a.m. with the Insiders on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos, Kings! Light the beam! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.